0: Hello there! This is the Crunchy Christian Podcast, a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. I am a master herbalist, aromatherapist, author, speaker, blogger, and veteran homeschooling mama of four. You can learn more about how I can equip you to pursue God's best naturally at my website, julienaturally.com. And now, today's show. Hey, everybody, it's Julie. Welcome to Crunchy Christian Podcast, where we talk about all things green and growing that God gave us. We are in our last episode of uh, our holiday series. We This is our seventh episode about holiday plants, so I hope you've enjoyed it. Today we are featuring cinnamon. Mmm. I, I don't know how it became so popular in our holiday types of things. Maybe because of the way that it is commonly used and has traditionally been used uh, in medieval times uh, coming forward. And also just the way that it flavors the food and things like that perhaps. And it seems to go really well with fall fruits and vegetables that seem to be in season but we're going to talk about cinnamon and how it's been used in history and some of the amazing tales that have been told about it and some of the marvelous and really outstanding research that's been done on cinnamon that reveals some of the just really amazing properties that cinnamon has uh, that you wouldn't think of it. I mean, it's a kitchen space, right? So um, let's dig in and learn more about cinnamon. So, of course, cinnamon has a long history of use, like most plants. <laughs> uh, trees and herbs and all of that have been around forever, right? Since since God created them. So, of course, people have been using them for ages, Cinnamon, and the Latin name is Cinnamomum xylanicum. Now, I'll try saying that really fast, right? (laughs) So we have records of its use from uh, Egyptians. Uh, They used it as part of their embalming process. Go figure. Lots of these plants that we've talked about have been used in their embalming. But um, it's been used by them. And the it, it, the cinnamon uh, from Ceylon, which is now called Sri, Sri Lanka, that has been recorded in use as far back as 2800 BC by the Chinese, um, and that shouldn't be all that surprising because uh, it's closer to where they're at. So. They also knew about it in the Greek and Roman times as well. So Pliny the Elder, a uh, Roman in 1st century AD, he wrote that 350 grams of cinnamon was worth more than 5 kilograms of silver. It was so highly valued that it was valued more than precious metals. <laughs> and it it's no wonder that it was uh, highly valued by the nobles of the time and it could only be afforded afforded by the nobles of the time. The just like frankincense and myrrh. It was considered a spice for the nobility the royalty and, uh, and and so they they were the ones that got to enjoy it the most in fact one of the stories told about the roman emperor nero is that after after he murdered his second wife I'm, i mean this guy was crazy right <laughs> um after he murdered his second wife he felt so bad that he had uh he had his court burn a year's worth of cinnamon as an atonement for his actions can you imagine um it, 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 his i mean just the act that he committed is just is horrible but um but he was so he felt so bad about it afterwards that he had them burn a year's worth of this expensive um, oil. So he must have felt, thankfully, he felt very bad. In medieval times, they also knew about cinnamon, and they used it to treat coughs, sore throats, and hoarseness. The upper classes, as I said, they were the ones that really got to use it the most. They liked to use it to preserve meats, and it was pretty effective that way. And, of course, it made the aged meat smell nice and be more palatable uh, because of the addition of the cinnamon. It was very hard to get, though, because you could only get it from the Arabs, the same people who... (laughs) Also had the corner on uh, frankincense and myrrh. And some of the other (laughs) Far Eastern spices as well. It was a very closely guarded secret. They were the only ones who would trade in cinnamon. And because they traveled over difficult land routes, it was pretty easy to keep others from going out there and getting those spices also. And uh, the Arabs would tell... just extraordinary tales uh, as well to keep people from going and trying to find the source of the cinnamon. So, some of the stories that they would tell, uh, one of them is recorded by the 5th century uh, BC Greek historian Herodotus. So, these stories go back pretty far. The one of the stories that they told was that enormous birds carried the cinnamon sticks to their nests that were perched high up in the mountains that no human could get to. So according to this story, people would leave big pieces of ox meat down on the ground under the nests. And then when the birds came down to get the meat and take it up to their nest, the weight of the meat would break the branches that the nests were sitting on and the nests would come falling down with all the cinnamon sticks inside. (laughs) Pretty, pretty tall tale. Another tall tale reported that cinnamon was found in deep canyons that were guarded by terrifying snakes. So, you know, the superstitious people of the time, uh, you know, before Christ and after Christ, uh, would believe some of these stories. and, um, and it, it kept them from wanting to go because who wants to take the risk of encountering any of these kinds of things. But the truth is is that cinnamon of course, comes from a tree. and it is uh, it's the inner bark of the tree. So they cut off the uh, smaller branches and um, they let it they, they peel off the, the inner bark. And uh, as it dries, it makes those curls. So um, that's where it really comes from. Um, you know, but it, it only grew in one place at that time. So if, if, if somebody else found it, um, you know, that could be very uh, bad for the Arabs. But the Arabs did, of course, they really jacked up the price of the, um, of the cinnamon. And they didn't want people... To uh, to know the truth, or they might question why the price was so high and why it was so exclusive. So they would tell these tales. But as we know, Columbus and other explorers in the late 1400s and early 1500s, they were sent out. Uh, you know, one one of the main reasons they were sent out was to find a water route to the to the spices of the east Uh, something that would be safer shorter uh because you know going over land was very long and it was it was plagued by uh, piracy land piracy and and um people who would just they would rob you and uh and Beat you up and all kinds of things, and try to enslave you as you're trying to go get out to the east and then come back. So, water route they thought would be better. And as we know, they they didn't necessarily get to uh, get to India and the east, but they did eventually find uh, their way over there, and they did find. Ceylon, as I said, which is now called Sri Lanka, they did eventually find that. The Portuguese found it um, in 1518. So they found it and they enslaved the people of the island and made them, of course, harvest the cinnamon and they had now the Portuguese had the monopoly on the cinnamon trade until the Dutch came along. And in, 15, in, in 1638, the Dutch came along and they, con- they conquered the, the Portuguese and they took over the island. And they held it for um, for about 150 years until the British came. And in 1784, the, the British took it from the Dutch as part of the spoils from their fourth Anglo-Dutch war. But by that time, by, you know, the late 18th century, uh, cinnamon wasn't all that expensive anymore. So it didn't really matter uh, who who was running the island. And it was very unfortunate that the, the natives there just kept seeing their island invaded by just more of the same basically you know different European country but uh, not necessarily any better for them but uh, at that time people had figured out that you could grow cinnamon trees in other places so they were growing cinnamon in on the island of Java they were growing it on the island of Sumatra They're growing in Guyana, the West Indies, South America, lots of different places. Most of them, uh, in fact, all of them, tropical types of places because that's where the cinnamon tree grows. Um, So uh, that brings us to today. The interesting thing about the cinnamon that we find today, though, is that the, the Ceylon cinnamon is not the cinnamon that is sold in the grocery store. The cinnamon in the grocery store is a close cousin of the uh, the Ceylon cinnamon. It's called Cassia cinnamon. It's cheaper to produce uh, and it has a stronger flavor. And so that's why we see more of that. Uh, the Ceylon cinnamon, you can get it. Uh, some spice stores do sell the Ceylon cinnamon. And uh, if you're looking for the essential oil, I would highly recommend that you check the Latin name on the bottle and check the source. Make sure it's Ceylon Cinnamon because uh, of some things we're going to talk about next, which has to do with modern research uh, and modern uses for cinnamon. And, you know, we use the powdered form for our spices, but medicinally, uh, you can use that or the cinnamon essential oil. And you, when you use it medicinally, it usually is the essential oil and not the powdered spice. But, you know, putting a little bit on your food, it does offer some small benefit. So one of the active constituents of cinnamon is cinnamaldehyde. Some researchers believe that is the main active ingredient, although cinnamon does have a lot of other uh, active ingredients that are more like antioxidants and things like that. But uh, I would just warn that just because you find one main constituent doesn't mean it's the only one. So uh, just keep that in mind. So the unique and delicious smell of cinnamon, though, does come from the cinnamaldehyde. So it's also high in antioxidant phenols. So it's that's why you can use it to preserve meat uh, because it's the antioxidants that help to kill bacteria that make the meat spoil. So interestingly, though... The amount of antioxidants in cinnamon is higher than that, even in garlic and oregano. Um, Those two have been shown to be very high in antioxidants and antibacterial activity. But cinnamon is even higher. So imagine the benefits, just putting it in all of your baked goods and that, that uh, you're actually helping yourself in a small way to stay healthy during the fall and winter, more illness-prone months. Um, So it also, because of the antioxidants, it also has an anti-inflammatory effect. And this uh, has been shown by research to help lower cholesterol levels and inhibit tumor cell growth and help prevent cancer. It also can benefit those with diabetes. So according to studies, uh, and though some of these studies are cited in the show notes, so please check that out, cinnamon oil can help prevent type 2 diabetes by preventing Ill- insulin resistance. So it, it acts... Um it acts in the bloodstream and uh, in the gut to slow down glucose release and production. It also tends to kind of mimic insulin in the bloodstream so that it tricks the body into thinking that there's more insulin there when there isn't. and so it it helps to slow down uh, the, um, insulin resistance for that, that people can get from having high levels of glucose in the bloodstream. So be- another benefit of the antioxidants, as I mentioned already with the bacterial antibacterial uh, effects, is that, as you might imagine, it not only preserves meat, but it can also uh, have that activity in the body by helping to get rid of inf- infections in the body. And it's been effective with respiratory fungal infections and oral bacterial issues. So like using it in a mouthwash and things like that to help with, uh, you know with bad breath and oral, um, bacterial things going on. And also, um, you know, the respiratory fungal infections like mold issues from, uh, you know, wet wet walls and, you know, just moisture in the air and things. Um, that may be why the medieval doctors found it to be effective for the coughing and uh, hoarseness and sore throats and stuff like that. It's also traditionally been used for things in the gastrointestinal tract. So you might have heard heard it being used for vomiting or upset stomach or uh, flatulence, diarrhea, things like that. So it's it's it has an affinity for the digestive tract. Now remember, I mentioned the distinction between the two types of cinnamon. So the reason why we want to make sure that if that we're using the Ceylon cinnamon when we're talking about medicinal uses is because cinnamon contains coumarins. So keep that in mind if you're on a coumarin medication, uh, that or blood, you know, blood thinners, is that uh, it, it does contain coumarin, and if you if you are going to use it. The, um, the cassia cinnamon has a much higher levels than the Ceylon cinnamon. So it's okay to use the cassia cinnamon for baking and just sort of everyday use like like that, that we normally use, putting it in your recipes and stuff, because you're not going to get a high enough dose for it to be problematic. But if you were going to use it medicinally, please use the, the Ceylon cinnamon. So uh, make sure you go to the show notes because I do have a little gift for you, which is a coloring recipe book. So it has coloring pages about uh, cinnamon. It also has some recipes and some little facts about cinnamon in there. So make sure that you go there and grab that. And that wraps it up for our holiday series and our show today about cinnamon. You can uh, catch up with me on Facebook at Julie Naturally and on Instagram at Unschooler, And I look forward to connecting with you and seeing you next time when we head into our new series. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Show notes for today's broadcast can be found at crunchychristianpodcast.com. Hit the subscribe button now so you can join me next week. Until then, remember all you need is God, people, and growing things. God bless.